welcome to another episode of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. In this case, your conference, the Conference of Champions. I'm your host, Emily Van Buskirk, and it is Tuesday, which means we are doing Pac-12 Players of the Week. One of the few times left we have a chance to do this as we hit week 12 of the season. It's almost over. Home stretch and... This week, we're seeing some familiar faces um, in the Players of the Week honor. We've got Washington State on there, a couple of Utah guys, uh, Arizona State player, Oregon, and USC. So we are going to take a look um, at the offensive, defensive, special teams player in the second part of the podcast and close out the podcast with the O-line, D-line, and freshman Pac-12 Players of the Week Um To start the podcast, though, I'm going to do something I said I was going to do in Monday's episode, which is talk a little bit about the games that I covered this weekend that are non-Pac-12, but still were very, very interesting and I think worth telling the story. So I'm going to chat a little bit about that to kick the podcast off. Um, As always, make sure you subscribe and download the podcast wherever you listen, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, you name it, download it, subscribe. Please throw some stars my way. We love five stars five stars over here. Um, and rate and review the podcast. If there's something you think could be done better, let me know. If you just like it and you're a fan, that's also fun to hear. So um, please go ahead and do that. And make sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12 for all of the Pac-12 content and join in the conversation there. And also give me a follow on Twitter at MLNEM. E-M-I-L-N-E-M, and talk college football to me any time of the day or night. Follow along on my college football journeys, and yeah, just start a convo. I'm always around, and I always, always answer, so you do not have to worry about that. All right, all the housekeeping stuff done. Now I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking about my trip, because it was awesome, as per usual. It had been a while since I'd been back on the road. Um, I think originally I was going to try and go to the Oregon State-Arizona State game, which in hindsight would have been phenomenal um, seeing Oregon State win that game. But um, I decided to show a little love to some other conferences, specifically Conference USA, the lesser known, you know, not as closely followed conference, but that has a lot of heart, you know, a lot of teams um, that you've definitely heard of and a lot of interesting characters in the conference, and some people that are close to um, me, which is a big part of why I go. Uh, But to start the trip, I tried to head to Pittsburgh and catch the North Carolina-Pittsburgh game. Unfortunately, due to flight stuff in Chicago, I was unable to make it to the game, which was a bummer because it was an overtime game. You know I love a good overtime, and uh, UNC put up quite the fight against Pittsburgh, but the Panthers eventually pulled it out. And I'm bummed I missed it. So as I'm sitting in Chicago, realizing I'm not going to make it, I decide to head um, on over to West Virginia, Huntington to be exact, home of the University of Marshall, or Marshall University, I guess is what you would call it. Um, Very, very special school. And the thing about it is, I'm sure you've all, you all know Marshall, whether you've seen them play or not. We all know the story of the infamous 1970 plane crash. Um, I have to admit going in that I knew of it in theory, did not know a lot of details and my time in Marshall or in Huntington changed that. 
uh, drastically because it turns out that I was attending Marshall's game um, against Louisiana Tech, and it was the anniversary game um, of the plane crash. So every year they play a game on November 14th or near November 14th. This year it was the day after. And it's an incredibly special week for the school. They do a lot of um, celebrating and remembrance. Um, They have a fountain ceremony where they turn off the memorial fountain until spring in honor of these 75 people that lost their lives in the plane crash. So it was a very emotional um, game, an emotional weekend, and I learned, it was was hard to explain, but I did write an article about it. It's going to go up, hopefully, um, in the next day or two, and it details kind of everything that I experienced while I was there, Um, this kind of otherworldly feel. Uh, the whole time, uh, feeling like there was a presence, and and a lot of players and coaches chalk it up to the 75 being on the field with them. So, um, and Marshall gets the, gets the big victory over Louisiana Tech, um, which is it, it's crazy because head coach Doc Holliday has not lost a game on this date, this special game. Um, in his tenure, tenure, so ten years in a row, they're undefeated um, on that day. So they they beat Louisiana Tech thirty one ten, and there was a lot of talent in the game on both sides of the field. Now Louisiana Tech was missing a few players, which you know kind of set a different tone. But uh, quarterback Isaiah Green for Marshall was phenomenal. Brendan Knox, the running back, I never knew that I loved is was crazy. He had one hundred thirteen yards on twenty five carries, two touchdowns. He hit his 1,000-yard mark for the season, making him the 17th player in Marshall history to do so, and the first in five years, which is you know always great. And then Obi, um, Obiala, Obialo, I can never say his name right, the receiver, who wasn't slated to play until, I guess, they figured out the night before, but huge game for him, eight catches, 146 yards, averaging 18.2 yards per catch, so... It was truly an incredible experience, and I tried to write an article that did it justice. You'll have to check it out at thesportsfriendjournal.com. I'll include the link on Twitter, um, but I had to write about it. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done um, in my college football covering career. So, After that incredible game, I headed over to Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro to watch the Blue Raiders take on the Rice Owls. Now, you're thinking this is an you know, interesting game. Rice is 0-9 heading in. Um, Middle Tennessee was, I think, three of six. So not thoroughly exciting. But a good friend of mine is the offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee, Tony Franklin. And their coach, Rick Stockstill, is a friend as well. And the Rice head coach, Mike Bloomgren, is a friend. So I went to see some people that I knew, and um, I ended up getting to see Rice's first uh, win road win of the Mike Bloomgren era, Um, and it was their first win of the season. So, uh, you know, I hate seeing the Blue Raiders lose because I'm a bit of a fan, but it was cool seeing this team get their first victory of the season and even got to talk to Mike Bloomgren after about what it meant for this team to win. Super proud of the kids. Uh, Glad to come out on the other side for a change, and uh, I, I think it's really the culmination of the way these guys are working. I've been working, excuse me, and and I I just take my hat off to these guys because in 2019 it's so hard to keep working with all the things they read on social media and all the things people tell them from outside our building. But they never blinked. They never stopped working and they never stopped listening and trusting their coaches. And uh, that was a lot of fun tonight. I 
thought that first half was pretty uh, pretty good execution uh, in really all three phases. And, and the second half, we did something we haven't been able to do, and that's finish. And so, again, real progress. A lot of things we'll keep working to correct. And uh, excited at where we're going, to say the least. There you go, Bloomgren. Hats off to him for getting his first win with his team. Fun watching the guys celebrate. So overall, a really, really fun weekend for me. I'm exhausted, but I got to see, you know, a lot of human nature in in football this weekend. And that really, those kind of stories are the ones that I love to tell. So for me, it restored my faith in the game, and it really helped. It, it was good for my soul to see that kind of stuff, so... You know, no Pac-12, but I'll be returning to the Pac-12 gridiron this weekend as Stanford Cal takes on Stanford at Stanford for the big game. So don't worry, I'll be bringing you Pac-12 stuff there. Next, I'm going to talk about the Pac-12 Players of the Week, a few faces you're going to recognize, and a few that might, you know, might you might not have heard of, but we're going to, I'm going to break it all down so you'll know them after this. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Pac-12 Players of the Week time. And we are going to start it off with the offensive, defensive, and special teams players. Uh, We're going to start offensive, as I always, you know, I like to start with offense. A familiar face here, someone that we talked about a whole bunch in yesterday's podcast, so I hope you're not sick of him. Anthony Gordon, Washington State quarterback, redshirt senior. And after I saw that he was, that he won the honors today, I decided to, um, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play any audio because we heard, you know, Mike Leach already say in yesterday's podcast that he's the best quarterback in the nation, um, which good for you, Leach. Love it. But I did read um, a couple articles about Anthony Gordon. First up, let's talk about why he won this week's Pac-12 Player of the Week Offensive Honor. He led Washington State to a 49-22 victory over Stanford. He was 44 of 60 for 520 yards, five touchdowns, and only one interception. He upped his season total to 39, which we talked about, um, which is most in Washington State single-season history and tied for fourth most in Pac-12 single-season history. His 520 yards, um, which is his second 500-yard game this season, upped his season passing total to 4,314 yards, fifth most in Washington State history, and 10th most in Pac-12 history. So just a lot of uh, historical things being done by Anthony Gordon. He also led the Cougars to scores on nine of Washington State's 11 drives, with the non-scoring drives ending on an interception and the final drive of the game with Washington State taking a knee. He completed passes to eight different receivers and was at his best in the second half, completing 17 of 19 passes for 203 yards and two touchdowns. So, Anthony Gordon... Very good, obviously. What I wanted to know was, you know, who is this guy and where did he come from? Obviously, I knew who he was this season, but 
I learned some fun facts about him from a couple articles that I read. He is a junior college guy. And not only that, he went to City College of San Francisco in my backyard. I had no idea. And he was coached by none other than Jimmy Collins, a former Marine Catholic Wildcat and also someone that I knew from high school. Um, so shout out Jimmy for coaching yet another uh, Division One college athlete up in the way. And hearing Gordon's story about how he ended up at Washington State was so interesting. So I highly recommend Googling him. Um, and, you know, the fact is that he played behind two NFL quarterbacks there. So he goes to Washington State and then he sits, you know, behind Luke Falk, the school's all-time leading passing leader. And then last year he lost out to Gardner Minshew, who we all know is, you know, doing better than people thought in the NFL right now with uh, Jacksonville. So it's really interesting the journey that uh, Anthony Gordon has had and who he's learned from. So I enjoyed um, researching more about him because of this Pac-12 Player of the Week honor. So thank you, Pac-12, for that. And I hope you guys find that interesting and, and do some reading of your own. All right, Defensive Player of the Week for the Pac-12 goes to Julian Blackman, senior safety from Utah, Utah native himself, finished with a game-high 12 tackles, 1.5 sacks, 1.5 tackle for a loss, adding a forced fumble and an interception in Utah's 49-3 win over UCLA. And I have some audio right here of that interception so you guys can have a listen. That was Julian's interception. It was impressive. It came um, in the opening minute of the second quarter, and it was just leaping. Um, he picked off, you know, DTR after Thomas Robinson was scrambling around the backfield, throwing the ball up in the end zone, um, and Blackman read it perfectly, timed it, and jumped up and grabbed it. Very athletic jump, by the way, um, by the safety. He is part of a defense at Utah that has held five opponents to single digits this season, including four games holding an opponent without a touchdown. He's tied for the Pac-12 lead with four interceptions this season and is tied for ninth in the FBS. I had no idea, honestly. He assisted in a sack for a loss of nine yards on the second and goal, on a second and goal for the Bruins, pushing them back to the Utah nine-yard line, where they eventually had to settle on a field goal in the first drive of the game. So just being part of that suffocating Utah defense. He forced a fumble on a sack for a loss of 17 yards on a third and 10 for the Bruins with Utah picking it up and running it back for a 68-yard return. Not only is Utah suffocating, they are literally just productive. Like, they stop people, but they also flip the script and score, which is something that um, they're going to need if they want to, you know, be taken seriously on this national stage. All phases of the game, just scary. So, shout out to um, to Julian Blackman for his uh, Defensive Player of the Week honors. 
And lastly, we come to special teams. You know, one of my favorites. This time, though, not a kicker or punter. It's Arizona State's um, senior kick returner, punt returner, wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, who had a phenomenal game um, against Oregon State despite the 35-34 loss that Arizona State suffered. Three punt returns for 76 yards, including a 63-yard return for a touchdown um, against the Beavers. Have a little audio for you. This is That was the touchdown that Ayuk scored um, for the Sun Devils. Not enough, unfortunately, to um, to outlast the Beavers, but he also had two kickoff returns for 44 yards. Uh, combined with his performance on offense, Ayuk collected 293 all-purpose yards, 173 receiving, 76 punt return, and 44 kick return, the fifth most in single-game program history. This represents his seventh performance with 100-plus all-purpose yards this season and the 11th of his career. So definitely deserving of those special teams honors this week. That's going to do it for these three main ones. And then my favorite part of this honor is that we're going to look at these Pac-12 honor um, Player of the Week honors is we're going to look at the offensive line, defensive line, and the freshman of the week. Love giving shout-outs to freshmen. And this one at USC, his head coach has some nice things to say about him. So we're going to hear a little bit from Clay Helton on his freshman wide receiver. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, we are going to close it out, this episode of the podcast, with some lineman love and break down the offensive line, defensive line, and freshman Pac-12 Player of the Week honors. So let's start with the offensive line. We got an Oregon senior, Shane Lemieux, getting the honors this week for Oregon's win over Arizona, um, he now I like doing the the linemen honors because they're a little different. You don't you get grades um, for the guards and the linemen, and it's interesting to me because I don't always understand it as much as you know the regular statistics in football. But I like learning about it. So Shane finished as the highest graded guard in the Pac-12 for Week 12 by Pro Football Focus during um, Number Six Oregon's 30, 34-6 win over Arizona. He made his 48th consecutive start at right guard, did not allow a hit, hurry, or pressure on Justin Herbert um, for over seven, 67 snaps. It's a very long time um, to be protecting his QB, so shout out for that. He led the Ducks with a season-high career, season-high seven knockdowns and had a 97% assignment grade from the Oregon coaches. He, Shane had an 80.4 overall grade from PFF, Good for third best nationally among guards. 
<clears throat> he protected quarterback Justin Herbert, who threw for 333 yards and four touchdowns in the game. Oregon totaled 471 yards of offense and averaged seven yards per play. Now, <clears throat> what's interesting about this award is that a lot of people are saying that Oregon's win over Arizona was not that impressive. You know, it wasn't resume building. But as you can see, <clears throat> positionally, everybody on this team does what they're supposed to do. And that's what makes Oregon such a great football team is because everyone knows their job and everyone does their job and executes it to the letter how they're supposed to. And that is what makes a big, great machine work. So this right here, this honor is indicative of that mentality that they have at Oregon and why everything works so well. So shout out to the O-line and Shane Lemieux for his <clears throat> honors this week. All right, let's move down to defensive line. Familiar name uh, was heard, was spoken to in the pack, in the Utah press conference after their win at UC, or against UCLA. Mika Tafua, sophomore Utah player, uh, defensive end. Tafua is a key part in Utah's 49-3 win over UCLA Saturday, scoring Utah's defensive touchdown on a fumble recovery return while contributing five tackles, one tackle for a loss, and his fourth fumble recovery of the season. Tafua's fumble recovery return for 68 yards was Utah's fifth defensive touchdown of the season and is tied for the fourth longest fumble return in school history. Tafua is tied for first in FBS football and ranks first in the Pac-12 this season in fumbles recovered with four. He is part of the Utah defense that held UCLA to 50 yards rushing, the ninth team this season that Utah has held to under 100 yards rushing. I don't really know. There's not much else you can say about this defensive team. Uh, they're amazing. And while people want to talk about Cal's defense being phenomenal, and they are uh, for the most part, obviously the USC game was not their best, but Utah's defense is disruptive and just scary, um, which I think is going to be key if we end up seeing Oregon-Utah in the, in the Pac-12 championship game, which it looks like that's what's going to happen. That's going to be, it's going to be a heck of a game. Seeing Oregon's offense with the guy we just mentioned on the offensive line protecting one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, Justin Herbert, against this Utah defense that forces fumbles, creates chaos, and holds running games to mere 50 yards per game um, and under. So I'm actually getting, the more I read about these honors, the more hyped I get for the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, which is going to be a fun, fun game. Now we're going to finish out with my favorite honor, the freshman Pac-12 Player of the Week. And this honor goes to wide receiver Drake London from USC, a California native himself. He had six receptions for 111 yards with an eight-yard touchdown catch in the 41-17 win at Cal on Saturday night. It was his first 100-yard game in his career, so shout out. He had a 45-yard catch in which he outjumped a defender and wrestled the ball away. The second consecutive week, he has used his basketball skills to make a spectacular, spectacular grab. Fun fact, he plans to join the Trojan basketball team in January. He now has 27 receptions with three touchdowns on the year, and his 14.5 average yards per reception tops USC regulars. It's always good to see a freshman coming in and showing out like that, 
And even his teammates, Michael Pittman and his head coach, Clay Helton, noticed how good of a game he had against Cal and commented after commented on it in the postgame after the game. Uh, Drake has been big time. Um, I actually talked to him after that Washington game when he, when, um, he didn't make that uh, tough catch, and I kind of just challenged him. And he is, and he has came out and played great, um, especially for being so uh, young. And he still has a lot of time left here, and I'm just looking for him to do great things. Does it remind you of anyone, Coach? Um, I tell you, he's a unique body um, because he, you know he's a 220 pound man that's six five, um, and his catch radius is unbelievable. Um, terrific hands. But you've seen we've we've seen him, you know, for that tall a man and be able to go down and catch the ball, get up and catch the ball. His catch radius is just amazing. Um, and you know, here's a kid that all of a sudden. About game five, uh, about game five or six, the lights started clicking for him, and he's really come on down the stretch. I'm proud of the kid. That's phenomenal praise from Clay Helton. Talking about his stretch radius, maybe that's, you know, what is going to serve him well in basketball. Excited to see him on the floor for the Trojans. That's going to be kind of a cool thing to play both football and basketball at a school like USC. So, Shout out to the freshmen doing big things, having it all come together. You love to see that for a young player on a team like USC. That is going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and download episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever. Please subscribe. Please throw me some five-star reviews and ratings and shoot me some reviews. Let me know what you like, what you don't, what's going well. Um, with the podcast also make sure to follow the show on twitter at lo underscore pac 12 join in the conversation there and follow me on twitter at emilnem e-m-i-l-n-e-m and follow along on my college football adventures as always stay tuned stay sassy and stay locked on pac 12 <laughs>